Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am probably Dory. Season two, pregnancy edition. Wow. Is that the edition that we're calling it? Season. Season. It's just the season. I don't think it's. Tis the season. Not here. Grinch. Matt's been real grinchy this year. I've just been real tired on the weekends. Honestly, I'm just afraid of going up into the attic and what I might find. What do you mean? You know. No, I don't. The rats. Oh, the rats. I haven't heard them recently. Well, hopefully they moved out. Yeah. I mean, I tried to telepathically communicate that they weren't welcome. Well, I hope that worked out. <laughs> Guys, we had some, we had, you know, I, I saw one time I was outside very late. I would say it was, what time was it? I would guess it was 3.30 in the morning or something. No, it must have been on the way to the gym. So it was like 5. And I looked up. And I saw just this little rat doing a high wire act mm-hmm. from the alley, running across, going up to our attic 
Gazenta, you know, the vents up there. And just... Yeah, just going just in. Just seeing himself in. Yep. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I told you this happened. Um, so... I've witnessed this as well. Yeah. Part of me is like... Wait, so that's why you don't want to put up the Christmas decorations? I, I just don't want to... I'm just going to be very annoyed at whatever happens up there. I know it. Anyway... <sighs> It's sad in here. I feel sad. Dory feels sad. I felt sad all weekend. Honey, it's December what? Second. (laughs) We were gone for the my traditional day to do it is the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yes, and to be fair, Thanksgiving was early this year, so it did feel a little early to get the Christmas stuff up. So you know, we'll get we'll get up there. Maybe I'll get up there tonight. Who knows? Really depends on what happens with Andy. Oh, it's always about Andy. Christmas rides on Andy Secunda. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, Hanukkah starts tonight, too. I got to get or my menorah. Secunda. I got to get my menorah out. We don't know how to pronounce Andy's name. What do you mean? We asked him because he said Secunda one day. And we were like, wait a second, Andy, are you telling us that you're, we're pronouncing your name wrong? And then he got into like a tie, a loop in his head of like, wait, no, no, it's Secunda. Secunda? He didn't know. And then oh. I made him call his sister on speakerphone to see how she pronounces it, but it went straight to her voicemail. Damn it. And uh, he's just so confused. And he said that it's, cause of, it's because his mother um, pronounces things like an insane person who's never communicated with humans but read every book on the planet. Mm. <laughs> I empathize. Sumari instead of samurai. <laughs> like these kinds of things she will say uh-huh. to him. And that's why it's very, it's a funny story. Anyway, tune in to Star Trek The Next Conversation tonight. I'm going to probably talk to Andy about that. Um, I'll be lighting the menorah tonight. Mm, come all ye candles. Right? That's how the song goes? No, not Oil exactly. for eight days. Uh, nope. We thought it wouldn't last in Bethlehem. It was Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. I, I should just make a habit of That is a good, actually, that Hanukkah. is not a bad Christmaka song. Just Hanukkahing it up. You know, the Hallmark Channel is going to do Hanukkah movies next year. I don't really see that there's a market for it, but what? I'm in. Oh my God. Eh, that's just me. Well, it's a good thing you're not in charge of programming at the Hallmark Channel. Oh, I would have been fired a long time ago. <laughs> Matt, we can't just show reruns of Frasier. We have them. Why are we running them? That's what I would yell. Oh. They have Frasier reruns on Hallmark okay. Channel. All right. Guys, I have a, some sort of cut on my tongue, under my tongue, so it kind of hurts to talk, and yet I haven't shut up. <laughs> Interesting. Even Weird. a cut on his tongue doesn't yeah. stop Matt Myra. Um, we've ha- we had a pretty exciting morning. Not mm. going to lie. Yeah. Um, you know, one of our... I would say one of the uh, tipping points for why we decided to hire this particular doula is she seemed both intrigued and enthusiastic about the prospect of meeting Bo mm-hmm. and like going through his whole thing. And she came over this morning so we could do the first the first meeting. She brought her own cheese. Which we said, don't worry about bringing your own cheese. We'll provide you with cheese. But she was like, no, no, I'm stopping at the store. I was like, all right. Um, and it went great. Yeah, Bo A plused it. Bo was so good. Bo had a good yesterday too, um, with the 
packages that got delivered. Yes, he did. The Postmates evening we yep, had. Yep, yep. And the day before, he was really good about packages too. I like, I calmed him, and he didn't. He didn't even get up or bark. Well, that's what I did. I yesterday. know you did the I same got thing right to his bed, and but I laid did, down with him. I did the same thing two days ago, and maybe you started off this series of events that will make Bo not a maniac. God, I hope so. What a what a what a time for the Shafriras. <laughs> Beauregard Bosch Myra is a uh, senior, because um, that's obviously what we're going to name the baby. Um, is uh, just really he's doing okay. He had a but he, I gave him a C for his walk. Dory was going to give him a B, but I was a harsher grader. You were a harsher grader. I was well, going to give him a B. That's because like you know he went cat crazy, squirrel squirrel crazy. Um, he, I distracted him from the dog, though, mm-hmm. across the street. I gave Dory a B. Wow, really? Yeah. I got an A. Matt got an A. I, I'm not allowed to walk Bo on my own anymore because I'm <laughs> Self-imposed <pregnant>. rule. Hmm? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do this thing I decided I don't want to do. I go on every walk with you. Honey, no one's saying you don't. What are you looking at? Well, I was looking at the top pickup on the... Les Paul, and I was like, why is that like sort of punched in? Oh, those screws must be screwed down. Hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> the other big news is... Ah, oh, this is huge news. I don't know what she's going to say. Our dishwasher is here. Oh, yeah, I guess that's pretty big news. <laughs> that's big news in my world. Dory's the thing she's most wanted in her life here is a dishwasher, and it's in. You know, I've never had in my house or apartment except like... No, maybe I did when I, yeah, when I lived in Philadelphia, I did. But since I lived in Philly, which is now like 14 years ago, I haven't had a dishwasher and a washing machine in the same house or apartment. Well, we don't have it in the house, the washing it's, machine. It's our, I don't but, count it's, it. but it's ours. Yeah. Like I've lived places that had washing machine in the basement, sure. I, you know, um, or the places that had I had a washing machine in the apartment, like my last, my first apartment in LA, I didn't have a dishwasher. Right. So having both of them really is a luxury. It's a wild time. It's a wild time. Yeah. And the dishwasher is really nice and quiet. I'm just like, I'm just happy to uh, be, you know, I'm just happy. We have a roof over our heads. We get, we get to dishwasher. Everything's okay here at the Myra house for it's the calm before the storm, really. We've sort of figured out adulthood without children. Speaking oh. of which. <laughs> oh boy. I bet it's a package. Yep. Well, we Guys, remember what we were saying? We earlier? weren't there to calm him. Bo. Relax, buddy. I'll get him. Okay. So Dory uh, is up now. She's going to grab Bo. We just got a little ding doo doo of uh, of. I'm guessing it's because it's a Sunday. I'm going to say it's an Amazon package. Um, the person delivering it is. I hear that their truck has started up again, so they're on their way. I don't know whose Amazon package it'll be. Uh, my guess is Dory because I didn't order anything, so I can't wait to find out. What is it, honey? 
Madewell? No, uh, I believe it is Bo's Pill Pockets. Oh, okay. Yep. His special stinky duck and pea pill pockets. His favorite blend. Yeah, he, he actually stopped yeah, eating Yeah, he was like, I'm ones. tired of these chicken ones. Every time I bite one, I think it's going to be the duck. It's not the duck. Yeah. Get it out of my face. And he just refused to eat them. So that was kind of annoying. Yeah. But then I was like, let me just buy a small packet of duck the, and pea. Do we have our Harbor uh, digital timer going? Oh, no, we don't. This is unbelievable. Dory. I'm failing. She is just a lady who does it all and sometimes forgets to do some of it. Some of the all. Okay, there we go. It's about 10 minutes short. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, also, our 20-week anatomy scan is on Thursday. Yeah, that's true. I'm 20 weeks tomorrow. Yeah, Thursday is going to be a big day. Mm-hmm. A lot, of, a lot of stuff is happening. A lot of work is happening. A lot of stuff is happening. I've had some crazy hours. Got home Friday night at... 1230 i was long asleep um got uh you know got to see a lot of text messages from the writers that had uh, already gotten to leave at el coyote having a great time not that you would have gone anyway well that is one of those things that is so close to my house right that i probably would not have gone but anyway <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we will let you know next week how that scan goes. Yeah. Um, Tune oh. in, bat people. Yep. Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, and lastly, our t-shirts are once available again on Cotton Bureau. Once available again. Here she goes. Yep. Once again, you may buy again, once available. an egghead t-shirt, which I uh, frequently wear. It's a very comfortable t-shirt. Very soft. It's a heather gray kind of situation. I have the same one. Um, but they come in a couple different colors. Yeah, it just has egghead on it. And it's like, you know, yeah, sure. I'm an egghead. Why not? Yeah. I don't care if it says Matt and Dory in very small font on the bottom of it. I don't care. Yeah. So. I thrive in a free t-shirt. Well, these they're not free for people buying them. I thrive in a t-shirt that has me on it. <laughs> uh, so if you want one, I've got, they... a, I got a I got a couple Phoebe t-shirts. I got a couple uh, Nerdist t-shirts. I've got a couple of, you know, I throw on an After Trek hoodie. You know, I have a lot of BuzzFeed yeah. and New York Observer t-shirts. And I don't care. I'm not embarrassed. I have no Rolling Stone t-shirts. Well, you know, Jan they, Winter. They didn't. Jan Winter was very cheap with the swag. For those of you who don't listen to our Patreon bonus podcast, oh, yeah, that was on Patreon. Um, Dory and I had quite a Jan Winter time. I know it's winter, but W-E. We call um, him Jan Winter. I call him Winter. Now I just think it's funny. I found, you know, I got to ask Dory stuff about her time at Rolling Stone. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, sign on up at the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Yep. Um, you can also always leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We very much appreciate it. And our Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash excellent adventure. There's also a spinoff for people who are pregnant or who've had children through IVF. Um, and that's spinoff of the, the group, main... not the podcast. Yeah. This is the this spinoff is the of spin-off. that project. Um, our website is excellentadventure.com. Our Twitter is at excellentpod. And our email is doryandmatt at gmail or Matt and Dory at gmail. And our phone number is 413-461-BABY. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. Uh, Anything else? 
No other biz, I don't wearing think. Wearing flannel for the first time this year. Very autumnal of you. Excited about it. Flannel uh, is right, finally in season in Los Angeles. We do have 20 degree swings every day. Yeah, at night it gets into like the 40s. Yeah, I mean, I've gone to uh, the gym and, you know, it's probably been like, I think it's a 46 the other day. Ooh. Yeah, nice chili. And that I'm like, is why? Chilly. That's when I go, I only have gym shorts, but I also don't want to work out anything but shorts, so I guess I'm going to wear these shorts outside. Do you want me to get you some, like, lounge pants? No. <laughs> I can't really see you in lounge pants. I'm not a lounge pant guy. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I'm a guy who really just likes to ride his horse, do good deeds when he can. And only have to kill people that draw their gun on me first. That's, Honey, you're talking about your character in a video game. That's my rule. I try to live an honorable life out there on the out there on, on the, plains. the trail. <laughs> yeah, or in the mountains. Really, right. can't wait to help the Wapiti tribe. You know, mm. great times. Well, back here Pepper in, Two is doing great, by the way. Pepper Pepper Two is is really just a plus right now. 2018 in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're recording a podcast. I see. All right. Um, all right. We have an update from a listener named Nikki who had emailed us about um, the the early testing for. Um, I'm blanking on the name of genetic it. Genetic testing. It's not. It's it, it's kind of genetic testing, but it's not on. It's not for IVF. It's like once you get pregnant, the like twelve week blood tests that you do okay all right so she says i have a positive update for you that matches the response from a listener i love a positive update it was a false negative false positive we met with the genetic counselor and it turns out that my blood wasn't even tested at all what that's even different than (laughs) i thought due to the low percentage of fetal dna floating around in my blood the risk ratio was solely based on a risk factor analysis which didn't include the fact that our embryo was PGS tested. Oh, wow. That's interesting. We had the nuchal translucency ultrasound and everything looked great. The genetic counselor noted that in this case, the test results are totally useless. (laughs) If I could do it over again, I would have opted out of the test in lieu of the ultrasound results, especially because we had the PGS performance. Additionally, I'd like to note my annoyance at the nurse practitioner who called me with the results. She clearly didn't know how to interpret them. And telling someone who's had miscarriages in the past that, quote, she doesn't want to get our hopes up just seems totally unethical. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, you two. Love the podcast and glad you're continuing on. And unnecessary. Nikki. Nikki, that's the best news you could have shared with us. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. I'm glad everything looked great on the nuchal. God damn it. It hurts to talk. Oh, no. It's crazy. Should I do this myself? <laughs> no. That would be a disaster. Like, well, you know what? I'll read the email. But I also feel like the like saliva building up around my mouth, like uh, one of these old guys I used to pick up uh, at the funeral home. Ew. Yeah, I'm done. Gross. Um, do you remember Ayumi, our listener from Japan? I do very well with the language barrier dual situation. Language barrier and bad relationship with their mother. mother. Yeah. So we have an update from her as well. Let's hear it. Hello, Dorian Matt. Hi. Please tell that lovely voicemailer, thank you for her advice with language and doulas. I think the plan will be that if I get a doula, they will be an English speaker, even if that means paying more for travel and such. 
My relationship to Japanese is very complicated. I was born in Japan, but moved to the U.S. when I was four and could always understand my mother's Japanese. She's from Osaka, so she speaks a different dialect. And then started studying properly in high school. So English became my main language very quickly, and younger me very explicitly avoided Japanese as a way to try to fit into a mostly white school. My dad is white too, but Americans generally don't accept me as such. My brother is two years younger, so he was two when we moved to the U.S., and he doesn't understand any Japanese at all, though when he visits Japan, he picks up phrases very quickly. Uh, my main weakness is in vocabulary and surprisingly simple grammar because my high school hired a new Japanese teacher after my first year who decided that I was in that class to get an easy grade, basically accusing me of what? being fluent already and gave me much more difficult work. Because of this, I have a gap in my Japanese that I've managed to close mostly through everyday co- uh, Japanese conversation. You'd ask for updates on my situation regarding my mother wanting to hover over my distant future birth, and I don't have a direct update for that conversation. But because it's a distant future sort of thing, I think I'm going to wait until it comes up naturally in conversation again before telling her that she'll be welcome to visit, but I will look elsewhere for support. This might happen sooner than expected since my sort of engaged status became definitely engaged. Hey, lots happening over there. My boyfriend and I have decided to get legally married in April and figure out the wedding situation later. And I went ahead and told my parents separately they're divorced and discovered that they'd done the same thing and I had no idea. What? I always knew their marriage date, but apparently their wedding wasn't until the next summer, during which my mother was already five months pregnant with me. Whoa, shotgun wedding. (laughs) I honestly can't remember the last time I saw the wedding photos since they broke up 13 years ago, but they both were just like, whoops, sorry, we never brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they bring it up? Um... Uh, I'll probably be worried more about the pains of being a dual citizen and changing my marital status and all my documentation for two passports, IDs, etc. And I ideally like the idea of changing careers somehow before becoming a mother. My boyfriend and I have already agreed on four future baby names, which in Japanese includes choosing the kanji to bestow a meaning slash wishes to the name. We both love Star Wars and Rei is a normal Japanese girl's name. So it looks like our first child will be Rei with the kanji meaning waterway or channel. Um, she also has a response to the orgasm vomit signal. Uh, Ayumi does? Yes. Let's hear it. Um, she doesn't have a directress since she's never been pregnant. Um, but she says as, as someone who has had a lot of orgasms, not to brag, but it is much higher than what is considered average for cis women. Ditto. And I find that around or during my period, nausea is a definite possibility for me during sex. Never to the point of vomiting, and it certainly depends on the strength slash intensity of the orgasm, but the question asker could be having a hormonal reaction or even a physical reaction due to her muscle contractions. Her sister was definitely out of line insinuating that the nausea would be an indication of the relationship dynamic, especially since orgasms are generally a positive sign. Um, And then she says, thanks as always for podcasting. I wish you luck with the anatomy scan. I'm so incredibly excited for you both. Cheers, Yumi. That was quite an update. Miami really, uh, really brought the news, you know? She really did. Congratulations on your engagement, by the way. Yes. Can mazel tov. (laughs) Okay. Um, We're going to take a short break before we get to our next email. You sound like you're really teasing something up there. Oh, yeah. What is the, what is the (laughs) gist of the email? And then I'll do like a local news tweet, a tease. It's another um, email about Japan and IVF. Could Japan be killing babies? What? Find out after the break. <laughs> 
okay. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel. Thank you. Hey, we're back, everybody. And uh, we're... So those Japanese uh, people, let's find out what's going on. All right. This is from Anonymous. Uh, longtime listeners over in Japan. We started IVF over here shortly after you guys did and have enjoyed all your episodes, including the real, real ones where you were down, frustrated, or arguing. I felt for you and also felt relief to be honestly represented. Uh, I wondered if people would like to know what IVF is like here since you specifically mentioned Japan recently. I've read that Japan does more IVF than most countries, declining birth rate and aging population, but has one of the worst live birth success rates. Wow. I think this is not because they are any worse at doing it than other places, but could be because cycles don't seem to be canceled due to indicators of low chance of success, such as low follicle count, 
or AMH, etc. Something I've heard happens quite a lot in the UK, for example, and also egg donation is not legal here. Really? You know, it's also not legal in Australia. Interesting. My experience with IVF here has been pretty good. There were, of course, a few things to get used to. Having a curtain drawn over my belly, separating my face from the doctor's face was a bit weird. <laughs> okay. Getting used to the very many appointments, hours of waiting room time, and needing to learn Japanese medical jargon. But everything from time-lapse photography to avoid disturbing the developing embryo, flash frozen cycles, and PGS screening has felt pretty cutting edge. We're not Japanese, but have lived here a long time and are fairly fluent. Despite our clinic advertising that they are bilingual, most of the staff doesn't speak English, and so we would probably have had a very different experience if we didn't speak Japanese. Um, However, as mentioned in this week's episode, if this ever works for us and we end up giving birth in Japan, I wonder how fluent I'd feel under the stress of labor. Most IVF cycles at our clinic seem to last around 13 days with the first visit and injections starting on day one to three of your cycle and then going in more or less every day in the second week for ultrasounds, shots, blood, and tests. Um, and then egg, the egg collection procedure is 50-50 people who have local or general anesthetic. That's interesting. I was, I, I was always under when they did my retrievals. Um, there's some government funding for married couples, which varies depending on your region and salary. You can get a rebate of up to 300,000 yen. Uh, she says that's around $2,600. Well, you know, actually I can be more specific than that. 264,000 yen is $2,437. How do you know that? Maybe I've dealt in Japanese guitars. Oh, boy. At least as of this week, everybody. Oh, God. Do you, do you guys see what I deal with here? Someone who has knowledge of yens and the current market. Someone who has... We're at an eight-month... Not eight-month low, but like it's certainly lower than it's been. What is lower than it's been? The yen. Oh. It's lower than it's been in like... It's like... So you're saying it's pretty, an average of the uh, low of the year. It's a good time it's if a you're going to go to Japan. Time to buy stuff from Japan. Yeah. Should we go to Japan? We should not. Why? We're busy. Okay. I I would like to go to Japan. I've never been. Okay. Um. So you can get that rebate per year from Tokyo, an additional three hundred thousand yen per year from our specific ward in Tokyo. The clinic doesn't tell you that this is available, so you need to look into it yourself if you are having fertility treatments in Japan. By the way, she was exactly right about her about. Oh, yes. (laughs) A cycle in Japan, not including embryo transfer, costs between $4,500 to $9,000. My husband is sorry to report that the state of the men's room and porn selection is no better in Japan than was reported by your listeners in other countries. (laughs) Some country's going to figure it out. I'm typing this email after my sixth retrieval and have fingers crossed. Whether you carry on the podcast or not, thank you for keeping on with it so long. It has really helped. Thank you for uh, listening to us and being one of our um, small number of subscribers in Japan. Yeah. We appreciate Excuse me. Um, all right. Hey, you have a lot of voicemails this week. Yeah. And then there were some that I that I didn't put on the playlist. It's unbelievable. Let's go. Okay. Let's hear it. Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Jasmine from Colorado. Um, congratulations. I'm so excited for you guys. 
Um, and I just wanted to take a second to thank you for building a community um, that I rely on very heavily between the podcast and the Facebook group. Um, it's been a huge help, just all the random questions I have. Um, but I have another one for you. So I kind of wanted to see your perspective as someone who finally is pregnant and has had a transfer work. Um, I am right now scheduling my second transfer. Our first one did not work back in October. And that was really rough because everyone said perfect lighting, perfect, you know, perfect yep. embryo, perfect In there. And it still didn't work and they have no idea why. Um, and so I got a call from my clinic this morning saying, hey, let's schedule one. How about January 11th? And it felt so soon that I immediately had a mini panic attack. Um, I, and I, I really want it to be, happen, but I'm also terrified of the failure again. Um, and I know that you've been through several, but I also hear that, you know, once it finally works, you have really great perspective and you have a really, you know, it was all worth it. So I guess my question is, looking back on it now, since you are pregnant, how do you feel about the failed transfers? And do you have any advice for someone who is about to go into another one with that that fear that it's not going to work again? Um, I definitely could use some advice from someone who it works for. Um, and hopefully I will be right there with you on the next part of my journey soon. But um, it's been wonderful listening to you guys. You're amazing. Um, so excited for you. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, first of all, good luck. Yeah, break a leg out there. How did I how did I feel about my previous transfers? Is that what she's asking? Totally... Yeah, and sort of like what your mindset was. Right. I'll tell you, her mindset going into the last one was uh, no bueno, everyone. No bueno. She was not optimistic. I think she uh, had been destroyed by the previous four. Well, no, two. The second one was really hard because it was the chemical pregnancy. And I think that is what affected my mindset so much going into this one. Because I was like, if I have to go through that again. Yeah, that was a bummer of... uh, That was a particularly hard time for us because I was just not around. And that was a bad... The week that that happened, I had also had to fly to Boston for... A funeral. A funeral for my aunt. Um... So that was a, that was a, that was rough. It was fly to New York on Friday, fly back to LA on Monday, fly to Boston on Tuesday, fly back to LA on Wednesday, Wednesday, fly, fly to back New to New York on Friday. Yeah. That was a miserable situation. And like, you know, we were, they were still kind of making us do the betas because they were like, well, we don't know for sure. Yeah, and it's just, just sort of like, going. it just sort of dragged on. But it was interestingly like something we weeks. were almost prepared for because we've got, we had gotten emails from people who had had the false, you know, the yes. low beta. Yes. But I remember going into it thinking like, you know, the worst case scenario is going to be if I'm like a little bit pregnant and I ended up being a little bit pregnant and that was yeah. hard. Sorry. I'm not really answering your question. Um, I don't know. Like people have very different perspectives on this. Like some people say um, that, you know, you're, they, they believe that your mindset affects it and they try to stay positive. Other people say there's no point in being positive. You might as well just be negative and like prepare yourself for the worst. Uh, Definitely on the most recent one, I was in that mindset. I was in the like, 
this shit is never going to work. Yes, which I think leads to the larger advice that we can give, which is to do what you can to lower your stress. Yeah. Because I think with that mindset that you had, you were not particularly stressed out about it. That's true, actually. And I think that that, you know, I don't think it's the positive mindset people are actually encouraging. I think really what it is is you just want to keep your stress levels down and just sort of chill out. Like, just fucking... That is true, actually. Because, you know, I also didn't take a home test. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to live my life. Um... I think because with the second one, I'd really gotten my hopes up. I had had the septum fixed. It was a normal PGS, normal embryo. Like we were like, all right, this is going to be the one. And it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and with this one, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. It's all, it's all like everything is a survival mechanism. I feel like, like you're just, you're just doing what you can literally to survive. We weirdly, sort of switched places in the last one. I was more positive. Yeah, you got like upset with me at one point. Uh, yeah, I think I wouldn't have been upset with you had we been by ourselves, but the fact that we were with your parents and you were talking like that, I was like, don't need to fucking drag them into the depths of our despair. They already don't understand what's happening. <laughs> That's true. Hi, Dad. Um, yeah, but, you know, I wish you luck. I think it's also good... and. You know, I've said this before, but I think it's good to have next steps planned out of. Yeah, have a plan for what you let's pretend this one doesn't if work. It doesn't What's the work. Plan? What is the plan? And know that before you go into it. That's Which helpful. Really helped me with this last one. It lowers the stress. It lowers the stress. It gives you it gives you kind of this comfort of like, OK, well, if this doesn't work, this is what we're going to do. And I never had that previously and we'd never really discussed okay well what if it doesn't work then what are we doing we just kind of like i felt like we were just kind of like muddling through being like okay i guess uh, we're doing this um and it it really helped to have a plan so i would think about that i would think okay if this doesn't work i don't you know i don't know the rest of your situation i don't know if you have more embryos or what um you know do you go right into another transfer like you just kind of have to play out all the scenarios yeah i think to boil down our advice to you i think it's to do what you can to lower your stress Mm -hmm. take it easy and whatever that means for you of taking it easy exactly it's just like look i think if you're thinking too much about it that's not exactly taking it easy but it's hard it also live your life live your life you know trying not to think about it sometimes makes it worse (laughs) you know what i mean oh i'm not saying to try not to think about it i'm saying live your life right live your life and, and and maybe treat yourself to something while you're waiting yeah i tried to be like a you know maybe a nice pancake i don't know i tried to just like be kind to myself it helped that i was also hosting a podcast about self-care yeah be kind to yourself and be kind to those that you meet on the trail you know the trail of life honey not everything is about this video game that you're playing let me tell you i've been redeemed okay (laughs) oh boy guys I i don't i don't see my husband anymore because well he's right here I know, but you're in the 19th century. In well, the, in the American West. I'm out in the frontier trying to make yeah. a name for myself. Yep. Uh, I mean, I get it. I used to play Oregon Trail all the time. Same thing. There's tuberculosis, cholera in here. You know? I, I had to fix a wagon wheel. Yeah, it's basically Oregon Trail. I'm always fording a river. 
you were all in Oregon Trail. You were always fording a river. Remember well, you that? You can't go around the rivers with your oxen. Yep. Yep. No oxen this game. Well, oh. I'm, I'm not pulling. Usually, it's just like a large uh, horse okay. situation. All right. Um, I'm going to play another voicemail that actually kind not of not Pepper. Pepper's a Palomino. Okay. Uh, I'm going to here in 2018. Uh-huh. I'm going to play another voicemail that kind of relates to actually to the first email that we got. Okay. Hi guys, this is uh, Mary from Kansas, and I've been listening from the very first episode. So uh, really appreciate everything you guys have done. Um, I just wanted to bring up when it comes to testing your baby in utero for anything, we had several friends, as you know, get positives on genetic testing and other stuff, and it sent them down a myriad of rabbit holes and terrifying things to wind up with children who were fine. So when we were pregnant with our first, we decided not to have any testing done. Uh, we decided whatever it was was fine with us, and we just weren't going to deal with it, and we didn't want the stress. And then, lo and behold, of course, it turned out our child had a major problem. Uh, she was born with what is called a sacrococcygeal teratoma, or SCT for short. If you Google it, you'll be horrified at the pictures. Hers was considered best-case scenario. Um, so she had surgery, major, major surgery, to cut out the tumor and resect her bowel system at five days. And went home at 7, and I just dropped her off at ballet class where she's dancing her heart out at the age of 10. So she's fine. Um, Had we known, it would have, had we done the testing, we would have found out there was a problem. And then we would have gone down the road of figuring it out. We would have had the STP diagnosed in utero. We would have been guaranteed a C-section, early delivery, and a whole lot of other problems. A lot of stress, a lot of pain, and a lot of worry. And... Not knowing meant that we basically had the same results. The world didn't change. The baby was born, and we just dealt with it when she was born. And we just did not have nine months of terror leading up to that delivery. So my two cents, grain of salt on testing, it can be helpful. Um, It can really terrify you. So I know you guys are smart, and you'll make great decisions. Love you. uh, Love your show. Love the podcast. Also a big fan of Next Conversation. So thanks. thanks, guys, for all you do, and have a great day. Bye. You know, that's an interesting perspective. That is a perspective. very interesting perspective. I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I'd be so accepting of that perspective. I probably would have been very annoyed. If I was like, I don't want to do any testing. We're just going to live with Or if with the doctor happened. was like, don't worry about testing. You know, any, yeah. any scenario where like, what? We could have, but she's yeah. absolutely right in the sense of like. You can't do anything. What are you going to do at that point? Yeah. I mean, I think it's also, it requires you to say, I'm going to deal with whatever happens you know what i mean yeah and i don't know that everyone is equipped to do that so you know you got to do what feels right for you but uh, mary in kansas i'm i admire you for for doing that and i also um i like i do like i like that perspective in many ways yeah um so thank you it's a you know it's kind of a ignorance is bliss kind of situation you know Um, (sighs) I've got work to do actual work guys, which I'll do after the podcast, but know that my Sunday is not unlike your Sunday. If you're working. All right. This is from Lily. Hi, Matt and Dory there. I am finally the person who paused the podcast to write in. This may be a controversial topic since there are so many opinions on it, but I wanted to comment on Matt's worry about the lack of sleep when the baby comes. 
Okay, this is uh, actually a topic I'm very concerned and interested in. I had a rough go with this when my son was born. At three months old, he was still waking up 10 times a night. That's not waking up. That's just, he's up. I was at the end of my rope, was going back to work in two weeks, and hired a sleep consultant. Within days of following what they said exactly, my son was waking up only a few times at night and only once at night at the two-week mark after hiring the consultant. We dropped the midnight feeding at six months, and he now sleeps 12 hours a night. I must warn you that I researched a bunch of the sleep consultants, and it seems all of the methods involve a lot of crying, But in my case, on both baby and my part. That's fine. But it was totally worth it for both of us. For my next pregnancy, I'm intending to speak with a sleep consultant before the birth, since there are strategies that can be implemented from birth that can avoid sleep issues later and the need to sleep train. Hope this helps. P.S. Honey, you will also like this P.S. I discovered Bomba on your podcast. Yes. My son, husband, and I all love it. So thank you. Yes. We did it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about babies crying and like how I don't, I'm not, I don't get affected by babies crying. It's just like how they talk because they don't know words. Um, but people always say you feel differently when it's your baby. Well, that's just exactly what I was going to say. Whenever Bo is agitated, mm-hmm. really bothers me. Yep. Whenever he lets out his whininess. Yep. Or like the, you know, I don't know, maybe, have we three times ever heard him yelp with pain? Yeah. If you like step on his tail by mistake or yeah. something. Or like he got his like claw caught in like the couch or something. And yeah. He, I was like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be tough, I think. Yep. Um, there's, I mean, I feel like sleep, sleep is one of those things that is a minefield. People have very strong opinions about it in either direction. Um, you know, there's the whole sort of attachment parenting school of thought of right. like co-sleeping. Never. Which, you know, if you got, if you want to do that, great. Good. do it do it have a great time um i but, just want you to know everyone i know who was co-slept is a real weird kid but i don't think that that is the right choice for us um i personally think i'm a fan of sleep training and but you know we will see how things go mm. come back here for updates maybe because we're still doing it <laughs> yeah who knows um we got another email about sleep from katie I know Matt is anxious about sleeping when the baby comes. And trust me, I know I was OCD about it when my daughter was born. My biggest advice, taking Kara baby's newborn class. Take it before baby boy is born so you know what to do when he gets here. It isn't sleep training, but it definitely helped my daughter sleep for longer stretches, which makes everyone happier. Highly recommend eight months later and she sleeps like a champ and I owe it all to Kara. Good luck. Kara, um, that Kara situation sounds interesting, but I, I also would like to email the person and get their sleep consultant's name. Um, Kara has online classes for sleep. Uh huh. So I was looking at her website earlier. I also like the the little pun she has on the name, taking Kara babies. Yeah, I mean, an excellent adventure and Kara babies seems right. Sympatico. Right <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, all right. This is a voicemail. 
Hi, Matt and Dory. This is Catherine. I did the pause the pod thing that everyone talks about because I wanted to respond to the septum signal, even if that didn't actually go out. Um, long-time listener, I've written in a couple of times. Um, I was the listener who suffered a miscarriage um, while on vacation in Europe, and my travel insurance uh, covered all of our medical expenses. Whoa. That was way back in the beginning. Um, since then, I've had two additional miscarriages and three surgeries to oh, repair, uh, actually remove a septum. Wow. Um, and I wrote in to Dory after she discovered her septum with my bit of advice that I'm going to give um, the caller uh, from this past week's podcast. Please, please, please get follow-up imaging, um, a 3D saline sonogram, an MRI, a hysteroscopy, something to confirm that your septum is gone, completely gone. Mine was actually discovered before I tried to get pregnant. Um, and so after the first surgery, I was told I was good to go and was like anyone with a normal uterus. But three miscarriages later and two additional surgeries later, that was not the case. The good news is fast forward uh, three years later. And I now have a three-month-old who's napping in her crib. Yay! Actually, resisting napping in her crib. But that's neither no. here nor there. We have some good people luck, Matt. We're so excited about your new adventure. Can't wait to hear all about it. And good luck to the caller with the septum. Get that follow-up imaging. Take care. Thank you for that um, advice. That is good advice. I did. You have follow-up imagery done? They took a picture of it, like. I got a picture of it after the surgery. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you're good. Um, so, no, I did not. But I think that's very smart advice. Yes, I agree. So. Probably if I'd gotten that advice a year ago, I would have been like, I would like a follow-up. Yeah, we would have gotten it and billed yeah. for 90 of them mm -hmm. for some reason. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take another short break. Great thinking, honey. I was on the same page. What's, what's the next thing we're going to talk about on the podcast? I can do another uh, local news tease. Um, what we're uh, planning to do for for uh, like daycare nannying when the baby comes. Okay. Could your child's daycare have an effect on whether it becomes a serial killer? Find out after the break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, we're back. Show's still going. Let's yep. talk about this daycare that might turn my kid into a serial killer. All right, this is from Ashley. Um, I'm curious to know what you are both planning to do for leave from work along with childcare once you return to work. When I finally became pregnant with our science baby, my husband and I were not mentally ready to start looking at daycares until after the 20-week scan. 
girl, I feel you. Even then, my husband didn't understand why we couldn't wait until our baby girl arrived safely to start looking at daycares. Well, we started looking in May 2018. Our daughter was due at the end of August. And the earliest daycare spot we could reserve was in May of 2019. Holy crapola. Of course, there were other factors of quality and location that came into play, but we were both shocked. Absolutely shocked that we basically needed to start looking for childcare moments after we got our beta results to get a timely spot. We do live in a larger-ish city, Pittsburgh, but I've heard of this happening in smaller places as well. Since I go back to work in January, we've had to put together a bit of patchwork of childcare plans until May, which includes my in-laws and my husband taking parental leave. My husband and I both work for the same global accounting firm and their parental leave policy is super generous in addition to their infertility benefits. I'm able to take 16 weeks off from delivery with full pay along with tacking on any carryover vacation I may have. Additionally, once I go back to work, my husband is able to take 14 weeks off with full pay if he's the primary caregiver. Nice. While our firm touts this benefit as life-changing for dads, he met with some frustration as he was told it would slow his promotion and he may be viewed as taking his career less seriously. Wow. Don't you love an industry? <laughs> Despite these discussions, he has decided to take two months off to help us get to May for daycare. Yay. Which makes me so happy, and I know it will be a completely invaluable experience for our family. Don't you wish we were in Canada or any Scandinavian country? The thought of going back to work in January gives me a pit in my stomach. Five months flies by so fast, and after waiting so long to have a baby, it seems like a cruel joke to have to go back to work so quickly. I hope both of you are able to take time with your baby boy once he arrives. It's definitely a time when I realize how all of the communication skills we developed through the slog of infertility benefited us when we were both blurry-eyed, exhausted, and completely bewildered by this tiny human we were charged to care for the remainder of our days. Mazel tov, and hopeful for a completely uneventful remainder of the pregnancy and safe delivery of your baby boy. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. We did, have not looked into daycare. Should we start looking into daycare? I don't really... Do we have to go get interviewed? I don't really want to do daycare right away. Look, I don't, well, we're fortunate in the sense that it's not going to slow your career promotions because you can do a lot of stuff from the room that we're in right now. Correct. And I already told Kate that the first few weeks she's going to have to come here. <laughs> I think that she's very probably very understanding because yes. her children are both uh, uh, walking, talking human beings. Yes. Yeah. Um, my plan right now is to take four to six weeks off of doing Forever 35. That's interesting. How are you going to do that? We're going to get guest hosts. Oh, I like it. What if the guest host is better than you and, gets, and you get replaced? That's going to be a problem. Is that a worry for you? No, not really. Because it's not going to be like one guest host the whole time. Right. So no one will get too attached to right. any one person. Thank God. Exactly. I wonder who are the types of people you're going to have come in. Maybe some former guests. Oh, boy. You know? I'd like to hear um, Sus and Kate do an episode. Okay. Let's I can see what that I can put that on like. the list. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you I... Know I'd like Anthony and Kate, and I'd like me and Kate. Okay, well, there we've knocked out three episodes. <laughs> ah, what a what a day! Kula and Kate done four. Um, yeah. So I'm planning on taking some time off from Forever Thirty Five. We haven't really talked about. I mean, we don't really know what's happening with Excellent Adventure. We don't know if we're continuing. Well, yeah, we don't. We don't. I do have. I do have plans in the works. For a podcast about dadding. Great. With another dad. Um, someone who's further along in the dadship so that I can sort of go, hey, 
I doing this right? I think that's really smart. Might even call it Am I Doing This Right? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Might not, though, because someone just bought the URL over talking. What? <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Um, you know, I was thinking, like, calling, uh, calling de- like, my dad mm-hmm. on the podcast. You call my dad. Calling Avishai. <laughs> just calling dads. Going, like, what the hell am I doing? Why did you do this? Why am I weird? A lot of stuff. I like it. A lot of plans out there, guys. I would love that. Because, like, you know, I have expressed my ambivalence about continuing the podcast once the baby's born. Mm-hmm. At least the way our, like, at this podcast. Right. Um, Conceptually, I think, just as a podcast about email. Although, I don't know. It, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an ever-flowing river. Like the Jurassic Park ride. Narration. That I got stuck on. Yeah, we all we both did. Um, sorry. So we, did Secunda. We got or Secunda. Secunda. We don't know. Um, sorry, we got a little sidetracked from your question, Ashley. <laughs> um, but my so here's my ideal yeah, scenario. Go ahead. go ahead. My ideal scenario is um, Matt and I are both home for the first like month, and then Matt goes back to work. Correct. Yes. End of May. Um, and then I think Go ahead, my keep going. mom is going to come. That sounds great. Um, for at least a couple of weeks. My mother's available also. And maybe your mom could come for a couple of weeks. Um, my sister's offered to come for a few days. I'm trying to get a hold of Andy so he could settle this secunda secunda debate. Do you think our listeners care? Oh, I think two of them do. <laughs> and for those two, it's going to be really something. Ah, oh, does he say his name? which means you're very old. Therefore, good health and blessings to you. <laughs> what a weird voice. He doesn't even say his name. <laughs> he, um, uh, he said that you're calling, which means you're calling instead of texting, which means you're very old. <laughs> um, all right. Can we answer Ashley's question, please? There is no answer. We haven't looked for daycare. Dory doesn't plan on looking for daycare. Well, I was talking soon. about what we were going to do. And then I would like to have a nanny... Whether it is a nanny share or a nanny we have... Can we afford share, though? What do you mean? Like, she's a very famous pop star. <laughs> uh, good one, honey. Um, By the way, I would 100% watch that television show called Nanny Share, where Cher is the nanny. Uh-huh. Huh. Should we get the nanny? Uh, Fran Drescher. Drescher's available? Sure. Um... I would like to have a nanny, uh, you know, depending on my schedule. I don't think we need one full time just because my schedule is pretty flexible. Um, she doesn't think we do. I, I, I'm of the school of thought of maybe we do need one full time. So I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm very worried and confused and I think about it constantly and I am sorry I work so much and, and, and I just don't like the vicious cycle of having to work to pay for the childcare that you need because you work. Yeah, um, so it is a vicious it's a, cycle. It's a clusterfuck of epic proportions, and I'm worried about it, and I have a lot of fear in me, and um, we aren't going to know. Ashley, we're not going to have a fucking answer for you until we have an answer for ourselves, and we certainly don't. We don't have an answer. I mean, stop, uh, stop pestering us, Ashley. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I went to daycare when I was four months old. I'm not, like, opposed to daycare on principle. I was a tiny daycare. Um, we turned out okay. Yeah. So, you know... I think daycare, preschool, whatever is is in the cards at some point. 
Um, but I don't think it needs to be for us right away, which is why I haven't made us like go put our names on any lists. Dory's got it all taken care of. Well, I've thought she knows what lists she wants us on. (laughs) I do. Yep. All right. Could be a pottery mailing list. Could be anything. (laughs) Um, all right. Here's another voicemail. Hey, y'all. Ramekin Queer again. <laughs> I'm not trying to call in every week. I love it, though. In my topics right now. Um, so, uh, Milkshare Signal. Also, pause the pod. Um, so sorry that that parent is in the NICU. NICU fucking sucks. Shout out to anybody listening to this. In the NICU, you are going to get out of there. You are going to survive it. Um, we did a three-week stint, and it was brutal. Um but let's see. Uh, milk sharing. So it is not uncommon for folks to have much higher production when they're pumping with teeny tiny babies in the NICU. And so I've never seen deep freezers like NICU parents. Uh, so if you have a deep freezer full of milk that you don't need, informal milk sharing is totally a thing and is really safe. So the milk that goes to the milk banks has to be really, 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 really extra super safe because that is going to... Uh, tiny little baby preemies who are susceptible to gut infections that they can get from formula that bigger, uh, older kids aren't susceptible to. And so we have to be super cautious with those kids. Uh, human milk banks are run by primarily by a nonprofit group called Humbana, Human Milk Banks of North America. And so they pretty aggressively screen and then pool milk and then retest it, freeze it, and distribute it out first to NICUs, then to well babies on the floor, and then for sale for about hours an ounce. Interesting. Um, that is a really successful, amazing program. And if you can donate through a milk bank, that's a really beautiful thing to do and is considered really safe, even though most institutions will make you sign a risk waiver before using donor milk. But donor milk is a really great thing to use for treating like low blood sugar or needing to supplement while you're still at your birthing place um, and is really considered very safe. We don't have any rates of infection transmission really from that um, and very, very, very low exposures. In fact, most of the world encourages breastfeeding even for HIV positive people because transmission rates through milk are so incredibly low. However, that's not the case in the United States because of the formula lobbies primarily. So in terms of informal milk sharing, there is only one study of informal milk sharing that's sort of widely spread around. And if you Google milk sharing, this is what will come up sort of on news stories about this, like, crazy study they did where there was, like, all kinds of nonsense and this, like, nasty milk. Um, That's because that study was not done by lactation professionals. It was done by, um, I think, sociologists who were selling milk specifically on Craigslist for money to people who did not ask about babies. She got cut off. Ramekin queer. You are the third host of this podcast now. (laughs) Congratulations. Well, and welcome. (laughs) Uh, Lots of good advice for uh, excess milk. Yeah, we, uh, we actually, this was something that we heard from many, many, many people on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, found there were there were a few emails in addition to this voicemail from ramekin queer that i wanted to read about this topic one is from rachel um 
she says there's most certainly a market out there for the extra breast milk. Her best bet is to find a Facebook group exactly like what Dory suggested. One I can personally recommend is called Fancy Pumpers. It's a pretty judgment-free book, judgment-free group, and everyone keeps it fancy. And uh, anyone who isn't being fancy gets booted out of fancy land by the admins pretty quickly. Since Chicago is such a big city, she could probably meet someone through there or certainly search for more Chicago-centric mom groups as well. Additionally, the hospital where I had my baby offered a breastfeeding support group. I seriously can't recommend something like that enough. It was a great way to meet other moms with kids around the same age, and it was also a fantastic place for people to share breast milk. Breastfeeding is so much harder than first-time pregnant women realize the support group made it bearable in my postpartum hormone-crazed state. Lastly, she needs to get a deep freezer, as Ramekin Queer also suggested. She's working hard for that liquid gold and should keep as much as possible for herself. That way, if she decides to stop pumping, she'll have a nice little stockpile to continue feeding her daughter. A small three and a half cubic foot deep freezer is very reasonably priced, about $165 on Amazon, and can hold about a thousand ounces. A deep freezer at Negative 10 degrees will keep milk good for a year. Learn from my mistake and make sure to plug the freezer into a non-GFCI outlet. I lost 625 ounces after a power outage. Oh, wow. When I was about four months postpartum, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Good luck with the back half of your pricelin adventure. Thanks for switching the season two. I, for one, will listen as long as you guys are willing to talk. Um, thank you for mm, the email. Thank you for the email. And thanks for agreeing to listen to us. Yeah. God, if Seriously. we didn't have you guys, we would be talking to nobody. I know. Um, also, Die and several other people have the suggestion of the human milk for, that's the number four, human babies <laughs> Facebook group. Seems like an appropriately named uh, group. Yeah. Um, and then, oh yeah. So, we also heard, remember last week... Uh, I just wanted. I just want to do a, another I'm quick sorry, thing. Honey. That from, it hurts when I talk from our friend Justine. Well, she's not our friend. I don't really know her. I think if she's a she's listener, a friend of the pod. Yeah, um, she works in a neurodevelopmental follow up clinic and can confirm that Anne's email about her son calming down to the song she listened to while pregnant is a real thing. Okay. Wait, did I read this last week? Yeah. Sorry, uh, I put this in by mistake. My dad. By the way, I just want to say for the record that my wife diligently puts the podcast together every week. She's amazing. She does this. She organizes everything. But half the time when we're wrapping up the podcast, there are still eight pages left of emails. We have so many good emails. This isn't even you all the emails that we get. You are a thousand welcome to do an additional podcast every week or keep going if you have time. All right, well. Look, we got baby pictures in here. This is a baby with a dog named Bo. Oh, well, that is adorable. Right? They didn't grinch it up for Christmas. Little, Who is that from? Little redhead. This is from Brant. Brant, your baby's adorable, and that dog is a handsome boy. Brant also has a rescue dog named Bo. He's an anxious dog, but has been really good around our daughter. One suggestion we were given was to wrap our baby in a blanket and then take the blanket home prior to the baby coming home to right. let our dog get used to the smell. We hear that a lot. We do. Um. Yeah, and their daughter's first word was bow. I, I dream that our our son's first word is um, podcast, <laughs> and his second word is uh, bow. Um. All right. We got a a 
a, a voice. We got an email about Disney World. Can we can we can we respond to this email about Disney World? Yeah, go ahead, honey. It's an email. You said it's a voicemail. Well, first she left a voicemail, but then she was like, "Don't play my voicemail. Read, read my the email. email." She got it more concise. Yeah. Okay, let's hear what it is. Um, well, first she says, "I'm a Patreon listener. I love hearing my name every month. But on the week that my name gets read, there's a name that is the same as a girl I went to high school with." And now I wonder every month, is it the same person? Does she hear my name and feel the same sense of odd recognition? Good question. Rachel, if you remember me from high school, hi, reach out on Facebook. There you go. Second, I'm not the person that wrote in last week about Disney World, but since you are offering, I want to hijack that person's email and give my trip details to get some custom advice. Uh, Okay, my tongue hurts, so let's see how much advice I can give. All right, I'm going to Disney World in February with my parents. My mom is in a wheelchair, which makes things slightly more complicated. Yes, more complicated, but guess what? You and your mom will be enjoying uh, leisurely strolls towards the front of some lines. But for the purposes of this email, it can be disregarded. I disagree. I don't think it can be disregarded because you can get that pass. Yeah, not disregarded. Uh, We are Disneyland annual pass holders. So if a ride is exactly the same at both parks, that makes it less interesting to us. I think Soren and Peter Pan's flight are exactly the same. Uh, I thought Soren was California in Disneyland. What? Isn't it Soren over California in Disneyland? Not anymore. Oh. Are they the same now? They always were the same. Disney World was also Soarin' over California? Yes. Okay. And then it became Soarin'. Now now they're, the both videos have been changed. Now you're Soarin' over the world. Okay. Um, so, yes, those are exactly the same ride mechanisms. You're not going to need it. I will say, however, the Disneyland Peter Pan is actually more up-to-date and better than the Disney World one. So oh, skip that giant line, there you too. Go. We are staying at the Pop Century Resort. Yep. Pop Century. Nice bus access. Someday, uh, maybe even a, a, a gondola. We are flying in on a Friday and leave the following Saturday. Friday, have- leave the following Saturday. You're going to have so much time there. You are in for an experience where, quite frankly, you might as well ride Peter Pan. We have six-day park hopper tickets, and we plan to go to Universal two days. Ah, uh, smart. One day of our park ho- park hoppers will be used the day we fly in just to see a nighttime show. The price difference between five and six days was negligible. Right, yeah, we did the same thing. What do you think are the cannot-miss shows, parades, fireworks, and most of all rides? Our window for booking Fast Pass and reservations is coming up, so any help would be appreciated. I really love you guys and have been with you since the beginning. So happy for you. Thanks, Sabrina Stern. I'm reading her full name just in case Rachel hears this. But I think that she didn't have... Well, whatever. She signed it her full name. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, okay. So the hardest one on, on in the entire park, both par- all, all four parks considered, the hardest one to get is the Avatar Flight of the Blue Monkey. I don't even remember what the hell it's called. What's it called? I forget. So there's the two. There's Flight the of river. The there's the I wish it was. Uh, there's the river uh there's the river ride. We did the river ride. And then there's the flight of the Navi. Yes, that's what it is. Which I can't do anyway because I get motion sickness. Yeah, so that one is the hardest one. That should be your number one priority if you want to An animal ride kingdom. it and you don't get... No, all of all the parks. That's what I'm saying is your priority. No, I know, but I'm saying it's in Animal Kingdom. She knows. She I'm knows saying it for the benefit of the land. listeners. Guys, remember when Disney made this giant investment in the Avatar land before they owned um, fucking Marvel and Star Wars because they were like, oh boy... This Harry Potter thing is going to kill us. We need to compete. Let's give James Cameron more money and build Avatar Land. 
you know, everyone really loves Avatar. I don't know why. Those those rides are amazing, though. Um, I haven't seen Avatar ever, so I don't know. Maybe it's a good movie. I don't know. So It's fine. James Cameron's I, I a very like, talented person. I feel like it probably doesn't hold up, though. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you whether it does or doesn't. I'm telling you what to what to ride. So do that. That get that first fast pass reservation. Go there early in the day. Get that out of the way. I would also go to Everest and do that. And once you're out of Animal Kingdom, essentially what I'm saying is hit Avatar Land, ride those two things, then go to the back of the park, ride Everest, and get the fuck out of Animal Kingdom. It's very hot. Although it'll be February, so you might be okay. But uh, those are the two main like things to do. If you if you want to go to the safari ride is recommended, but whatever. Um, <sighs> Epcot wise, look, it's there's not a ton to ride in Epcot. The only things you'd really need a fast pass for in Epcot, particularly in February, frozen. are going to be frozen. Uh, which is, it, I loved, it was, used to be my favorite ride there uh, back when it was the uh, uh, Norway River ride. It was great. But uh, essentially thrill ride-wise, Mission uh, mission Space, you're not going to really need a fast pass for that. Don't worry about it. You'll need one for Test Track, but here's a little fun advice for you. Test Track is essentially the same ride as Carl's Land. Uh, the Cars Raceway in Disneyland, but the Disneyland one has better theming, so don't worry about Test Track. Um, and uh, Magic Kingdom. Hang on, I'm trying to think of the other Epcot ride. Test Track, Mission Space. Those are going to be the lines and the and Frozen. So get the Frozen one. Frozen should be your Fast Pass priority. Fun tip, book a breakfast early in the park before the park opens. You go in, have your breakfast, get out, get first in line. Don't worry about it if you can't get a fast pass for it. Get a breakfast. Uh, you know, Magic Kingdom is a wonderful place. My favorite ride in the Magic Kingdom does not require a fast pass ever. It is the Carousel of Progress. Aren't they closing? Built in 19, <laughs> uh, designed for the 1964 World's Fair. Walt really loved this ride, and so does Matt Myra. So enjoy it. It's a little schlocky, but I really love it. Uh, used to be in Disneyland, so if your parents are from L.A., they probably remember the original, which was there until 74. Um, then it moved out to Florida. So, otherwise, Magic Kingdom-wise, I, you know, it's essentially Disneyland. The Snow White Seven Dwarfs mine car, I would get a fast pass for that. Uh, the Big Thunder Mountain in Florida, I think, is better. Get a fast pass. You don't really need a fast pass for that, but get one. Sometimes that line can get a little crazy. Uh, their haunted mansion is different, bigger. Don't need a fast pass for that. Their Pirates of the Caribbean pales in comparison to ours. Um, yeah, Hall of Presidents. Skip it. Uh, I used to never say skip it, but you know. Mm. Uh. There's that fun Muppet show. There is a Muppet show in Liberty <laughs> Square, if you can stick around for that. It happens a lot throughout the day. Um, you can go in my Instagram and look at... Uh, when did we go? March? Yeah. Look at March of uh, this year. I have an Instagram video of it. It was kind of great, because it was like legit Muppets. Yeah. 
wasn't like weird looking things that aren't quite the Muppets. Um, but yeah, Space Mountain's different. I think they actually, I honestly think the Space Mountain in Disneyland is better. You can skip that too. Um, yeah, I, there's as far as musts that you're not going to experience outside of the land, I would say Seven Dwarfs Mine Track. I like their Big Thunder Mountain. Their Splash Mountain's essentially the same too. Uh, what about Hollywood Studios? Hollywood Studios, there's nothing. I would ride the Tower of Terror. That Tower of Terror has always been better than the the one in Disneyland, which is now Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Rock and Roller Coaster is great. Uh, yeah, Star Tours is the same. Don't worry about it. The end. Right? Yeah. And my word of advice, save money anywhere you can so that you can afford to purchase front-of-the-line passes for Universal Studios. It's amazing. It's quite frankly the greatest thing on the planet. Highly recommended. But they are expensive. They're expensive. That's what I'm saying. Yep. You can kill a day somewhere else. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe you can eat like uh, at the hotel. Uh, I'd talk so much more about this if it wasn't hurting me. So, so maybe next week. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we get to the Patreoners, just one last uh, tidbit from Danielle. Yeah. There are no lotions, etc., in the collection rooms because those items kill sperm. Yeah, but they have non-spermicide and killing lube. There's a sperm-safe product called Pre-Seed that can be used yeah. as lube. I would recommend consulting with your provider, but it is in several at-home insemination books as the only safe lube to use. I believe they have that available at... Um... At CFP? There you go. All right. Uh, just a reminder, I guess that... Well, before I get to the reminder, that does it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for emailing. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, this episode was only an hour and 20 minutes long. <laughs> Uh, reminder that you can support us on Patreon and get up to two bonus episodes per month. I would say the, the bonus episodes from last month were pretty great. They all came the very last week of the month, as they tend to do, because we put things off. But they were fun. Accidentally. So, honey, Dory Shafrir is now going to read all of the names. Yes. Because uh, she's going to save my and you can silver tongue. Support us at patreon.com slash adventure. All right, here we go. First batch of names this month. Diane M. Martin, Angie James, Caroline Land, Frederick Roy, Greg Watchorn, Jennifer H.S., Judy, Layla Arshid, Lauren Gleason, Melody Baltazar, Tara McElfresh, Tyler Rosewood, Don Hafner, Karen Thickershey, Stephanie Hetherington, Abba N., Alan L., Alec Meredith, and Fletcher Babel, Allison Dean, Alyssa Stokes, Allie Moran, Amanda Lady, Amy, Amy Giles, Amy Griffin, Amy Sharon, Andrea McCarroll, Andy Pavlik, Angel Rivera III, Anne K. Lee, Anne Real, Anon E. Mouse, April Cherry, Ariana Perry, Arthur Finney, Ashley Meller, Audrey Watson, Aurora and Zelda, who are science twins, Becca Foster, Ben, a PhD, Brett Jarrett, Brittany Bonanza, Bruno Macias, CJ, Carly Moore, Carolyn N., Kathy Hill, Chinami Worth, Chris Dibel, Christina Turner, Christine M., Christy Mags, Danielle Kohler, Daphne Powers, Darlene Estramera, DFI Plums, Eleanor Powell, Elizabeth Ann, Elizabeth Gerardo, Emily Brett, Emily McNaughton, Erica Brown, Aaron Gudge, Aaron Turley, Evelyn Schmevelin, Greta Truitt, Hannah Crowder, Harriet Ware, and Heather Nelson. Thank you all so very much. We could not really do this podcast without you, so we really appreciate your support. And we will talk to you all next week. Hopefully Matt's tongue will be feeling better. And hopefully I'll, I'll have put up a Christmas. Who knows? Anything could happen. Bye. Bye. Bye.